from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. The postseason is brought to you by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code POSTSEASON at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. Coming up on today's show, as promised yesterday, we're going to look at the Giants season as a whole in 2019 from a really broad perspective. And we'll also talk about a couple of other hot topics, including another managerial name linked to the Giants in a rumor, as well as this postseason game yesterday between the Braves and Cardinals in which... Mark Melanson, who is now the closer of the Braves, came in in the eighth inning to protect a lead and ended up having an awful outing. So we're going to look back on that trade that Farhan Zaidi pulled off at the deadline for Mark Melanson. So kind of just jumping into the broad look at how 2019 went for the Giants as a whole, if we look at their non-pitcher production, they collectively ranked as the second worst team in the National League from a standpoint of everything that goes into an offensive player, which includes defense and base running as well in this calculation. Their non-pitchers collectively hit just 245 with a 309 on base and 404 slugging in 2019. They were one of the better defensive units in all of baseball, however, collectively saving about 10 runs above average. And with their base running, they were about three runs below average, which was 19th out of 30 teams in baseball. I do think it's fair with this roster to look at how things may or may not have changed since June 1st, because for a while there early in the season, they had a bunch of players who ended up not being there for the remainder of the season. We had Mike Yastrzemski emerge kind of at that point, although he struggled for the first month and a half or so until the all-star break Uh, they did not have alex dickerson in the beginning of the year obviously steven vote had yet to really come back from that injury and become the mainstay that he turned out to be donovan solano hadn't really come through and been a big part of a right-handed platoon situation up to that point so the story is not that different for the giants offense since june 1st but it was improved from about 12 percent below average to only six percent below average At home was where things really got ugly for the Giants. They were actually about 20% below average offensively at Oracle Park all season long, with a sub-300 on base percentage. Only the Tigers and the Giants were teams with below 300 on base percentages at home this season. And the Giants also slugged just 371 at home this year. And keep in mind, this is taking pitchers out of the equation. So that definitely is reflected in their record at home, which was its you know, the worst that they've done in a very long time. So Farhan Zaidi is correct to say that offense at home is going to be a big priority for them this offseason. Comparatively, on the road, they had a 320 on base percentage and a 435 slugging. So just dramatically improved numbers on the road versus at home for the Giants overall on the season. Looking at the pitching overall, it's not too much of a different story. 
Giants starting pitchers ranked last in the National League in Fangraph's wins above replacement with a very low, modest strikeout rate, walk rate pretty reasonable and low, which is good, but then allowing 1.6 home runs per nine innings collectively as a starting staff. And that's just too high. They had a 4.77 ERA, a 4.89 fielding independent pitching, and a 4.72 expected fielding independent pitching. It's important to take note of the fact that all three of those numbers are pretty much bunched together, especially the ERA and the expected fielding independent pitching off by just fractions of a run. So definitely looks like a big area for improvement, but as Farhan Zaidi said, actually in a podcast with Alex Pavlovich that came out yesterday, I believe, he was very pleased with the development of some of their starting pitching, and Zaidi said that he thought uh, breaking into the major leagues as a starting pitcher was probably the hardest thing to do in terms of a position in which to break in, because... There's a lot of pressure on you as a starting pitcher because the game is disproportionately determined by your performance. So it's just a lot of pressure. And he thought, and I would agree, that someone like Tyler Beatty, it was an interesting year, ups and downs, but you can definitely see the upside and the promise. And he finished on a very high note. I know he got injured in that last start, but he was throwing the ball extremely well in that game, a perfect game through three and a third, I believe, with seven strikeouts. So just definitely some positives to take into next year for Tyler Beatty, and it was a developmental year for him, and, and if he can just find consistent command of the strike zone and trust his stuff, then you definitely can see the upside in there. So that'll continue to be true for guys like Logan Webb and potentially Sean Anderson as well. We have to remember that these young guys, this you know it's partially developmental, and you don't just what they show up with on day one is not necessarily well where they'll be in three years. So the bullpen was much better. They ended up ranking as one of the better bullpens in baseball. They did have a 3.85 collective earned run average out of the bullpen. Remember, the ERA for the starters was more like 4.7. So pretty much a run better for the Giants bullpen. And their ERA was tied with the Dodgers for the best in the National League at 3.85. Much better at preventing home runs, only 1.07 home runs per nine innings, which was tied with the Cardinals for best in baseball. They were also third best in baseball at inducing ground balls at 46%. So even once they traded away some guys, Mark Melanson included, who we're going to talk about in a minute, and then sustained some serious and devastating injuries like to Reyes Maranta, they lost Tony Watson, Will Smith missed some time. Trevor got, they still were able to field pretty competitive bullpens. Tyler Rogers' emergence was a huge part of the season. He was fantastic in a small sample, but it looked like there was some sustainability behind it as well. So the state of the bullpen is pretty strong moving forward. It looks like Farhan Zaidi is able to target uh, guys who are able to have success in that role. So anyway, that's a broad look at where the Giants stand heading into 2020 after 2019. Coming up in the second half of the show, we'll talk about the Mark Melanson trade and kind of what has transpired with him in Atlanta, and we'll discuss a new rumored managerial candidate for the Giants. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. With every pair purchased, a pair is donated. Go to bombas.com locked to get 20% off your first purchase. Everybody loves a night out, whether it's seeing your favorite team or seeing your favorite band in person. I want to talk about the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program where you can attend these shows and events 
and earn credit towards attending your next live event through Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price, section, row, sit exactly where you want to sit, all through the Vivid Seats app. And what makes them really stand out here is their Vivid Seats loyalty program, which allows you to earn credit back through something called Vivid Seats Rewards. You can download the Vivid Seats app at the App Store or Google Play Store, and you'll be automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. You can attend the biggest concerts, the hottest games, postseason games, theater shows, and more. Download the app, automatically join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today, and make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. If you enter special promo code POSTSEASON at checkout, you can earn a discount of up to $100. Okay, as promised here in the second half of the show, want to talk about Mark Melanson and just repeat how good of a trade that was for the Giants. And we saw exactly why yesterday as he tried to close out a game in Atlanta, a big playoff game with a tight lead late and blew it in a big way which is just what Giants fans have come to get used to from Mark Melanson. I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. And then we'll also discuss a new name rumored to the Giants in the managerial search. So yeah, looking back on this Mark Melanson trade, I just thought it was an incredible move at the time. And we saw exactly why again yesterday. Melanson is 34 years old, making $16 million a year, including in 2020. And the Braves took on the entirety of the remaining deal. So they paid the rest of his salary in 2019, and they'll pay his $16 million salary in 2020. So getting the Braves to take that on alone was a huge accomplishment, but then they also gave up prospects in this deal. Specifically, Tristan Beck, who has some upside and pitched extremely well for the Giants in the minors down the stretch. So we've said it before about Mark Melanson. He just has this really interesting problem where it's really just about hits allowed. He prevents homers fine. He doesn't walk people. Strikeout rate is average. It's actually up a little bit this year, which is good for him. But the issue is batting average on balls in play, which is typically something that we talk about as it pertains to luck. But we're now going on three consecutive seasons for Melanson, a total of around 150 innings. He is number one highest in baseball in batting average on balls in play against him. In 2017, his first year with the Giants, it was 374. In 2018, it was 365. And in 2019, it was 349. So that's really high. Major league average tends to be around 300. So he just essentially, when when opponents put the ball in play against him, it goes for a hit 35 to 38% of the time versus an average pitcher is going to allow a hit on those balls in play about 30% of the time. At least that has been what's happened against him for the last three years. Not to say that that necessarily is his true talent level. It's a really bizarre thing because usually this number doesn't fluctuate all that much for pitchers. They generally have a similar batting average on balls in play regardless of skill level. You definitely have your outliers, guys who are able to just induce really weak contact. It definitely happens. But Melanson seems to fall on the opposite end of that spectrum. And for so long, that was actually his calling card. What's so interesting about this story is that he, in the 
prime of his career, was one of the guys who was really good at limiting batting average on balls in play. It was his greatest strength, was a suppressed batting average on balls in play and weak contact. But now it appears to be the opposite, where he is the, he went from like the best to the worst in the category that was his most important and significant. So his line from yesterday kind of told the story of what Giants fans had kind of come to learn about what can happen when Mark Melanson pitches. One inning, five hits, two walks, four earned runs. He entered with a 3-2 to two lead and exited trailing 7-3. to three. He entered in the eighth inning trying to get a four-out save or a five-out save. I think it was four outs. And gave up, you know, five hits in the outing and two walks. Just really brutal for the Braves. So, you know, said at the time, we'll say again that I just thought that being able to unload that contract and get a prospect or two back in return was a big win for the Giants. And I'm definitely not rooting against Mark Melanson. It was tough to watch that unfold. And I hope that he rebounds. But just this batting average on balls in play issue just seems to be a recurring thing. And we'll see if it continues throughout the rest of the postseason and into next year. Uh, with the Braves in 2020. Anyway, last thing I want to mention, there was another name rumored to the Giants in their managerial search. MLB Network's John Heyman tweeted that Mark Kotze is a strong candidate for the Giants managerial job. He is currently the A's quality control coach, and he's a hot new name on the market. At Giants Prospects on Twitter points out that Kotze retired after 2013 as a player joined the Padres front office in early 2014 as a special assistant. In 2015, he was the Padres hitting coach, and in 2016, he was the A's bench coach. Then in 2017, he took a leave of absence and returned as a quality control coach. So the fact that we're getting some names, Ron Wotus, Hensley Mullins, Mark Kotze, and a couple others we've heard linked to the Giants, we're, we're essentially forming our list here of who could be the next Giants manager because Farhan Zaidi has said he expects the list, the total list of candidates to be eight to 10. So we're getting, we're working our way there. We'll definitely, it's definitely intriguing to hear each new name that gets linked to them. But unless we have a confirmed report that there was an interview, we don't know for sure if these people are going to be interviewed. Although we do know with Mulins and Wotus because Farhan Zaidi actually said himself that that was going to happen this week. But it's, just going to be a fascinating story to continue to monitor all throughout the next couple of months. So we'll be back with another episode on Monday, recapping any exciting playoff moments and any Giants news that may transpire over the weekend. We also want to look more specifically at some of the highlights of the season, lowlights of the season, specific players looking ahead to the offseason in 2020. Remember, to get this show every day, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. I cannot wait to be with you again on Monday, and until then, we'll see you next time. 